It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. The show that's so nice, we do it twice. And if you are looking for a place to place your online bets, we are presented by betonline.ag. All you have to do is use that promo code PODCAST1. He's Evan Silva. Evan, let's get right back into it with the late games on Sunday, the Monday night game. We, of course, always discuss, even if it's just briefly, every fantasy-relevant dude in every single game. It's just what we do because we're that thorough and you have to have context to the statistics that you are checking out each and every week because there's it's so much more than that and that is your edge. That is how you win. Also, we every once in a while, we like to tell you about awesome things. Like how about this new show on the CW? So I don't get a chance to watch that much TV. When I do, though, I like when it's, A, somehow football-related, and B, I like when it's inspired by a true story. I like that. And that's exactly what CW has with their incredible new series called All-American. It's inspired, like I said, by a true story. It's about Spencer James, crazy, talented high school football player from the inner city, gets recruited to play in Beverly Hills, and they got an awesome Breakout role for up-and-comer Daniel Ezra shows major chops playing L.A. born and raised Spencer James, especially considering Daniel is a Brit. So L.A. South Central born and raised, the guy's a Brit playing him. That's interesting. And it's got all the drama you want. Sports drama, family drama, the drama between the coach and the player. Don't miss the incredible new series All-American Wednesdays only on the CW and the CW app. Next meal. All right, Evan, let's start the late games and the game that our producer Brian will be at that I think is going to be a really entertaining game. The Saints coming off their bye against the Ravens defense that isn't just the best defense in the NFL. They're the best defense in the NFL by a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that entering last week, I would have said, that the Bears uh, were right there with them, but hey, the Bears just got like smoked and torched, and the Ravens <laughs> set a franchise record for sacks. Um, so I think that this is a great real life football game, and it's kind of dicey for fantasy. Um, you know, I think that you have to lower expectations for the Saints' offensive players. Number one, they're outside of the Superdome. Uh, number two, as you mentioned, they're playing this incredible opponent so it really lowers the expectations the projection for drew Brees uh, as like a fringe fantasy starter i mean no one is getting production uh, at the quarterback position against the ravens you know the saints do have a really good offensive line and then that should um, allow them to um, you know uh, keep the pocket relatively clean for drew Brees, but I mean, him having a big game just seems highly unlikely here. Um, out, you know, Mark Ingram comes back last week, and he plays a, a huge role. I mean, he played essentially over Alvin Kamara 
but uh, you know, I think that that is likely to change uh, going forward. I don't think that that's a sign of things to come. I just think that that was uh, an opportunity in a game that the Saints really controlled. Um, that was an opportunity for uh, the Saints to uh, let Mark Ingram knock off the rust, and I think that Alvin Kamara goes slots right back in uh, as a mid-range RB1, uh, and Mark Ingram is going to be a more of a touchdown-dependent guy, uh, like a low-end RB2 against this great, great defense on the road. Uh, Michael Thomas, you know, they can get him in the slot against Tavon Young or Brandon Carr. Tavon Young got banged up, or he has been banged up, uh, so I'm not sure if he, he's going to be available. Uh, but Brandon Carr has been the, the slot corner uh, since Jimmy Smith came back from suspension, uh, whenever Tavon Young has been out of the lineup, uh, you know Michael Thomas can can get uh, enough of a favorable matchup to be uh, to remain uh, in the wide receiver one conversation. Traquan Smith has that monster game against Washington on Monday night. Yet that came with Ted Ginn out. That came at the Superdome. It came on only five targets. <clears throat> so it's you know it's awesome to see, and I love Traquan Smith, but it's difficult to chase, especially with Ted Ginn back uh, after the bye. Cameron Meredith, same sort of deal. Um, good to see him out there, you know, playing well, uh, uh, with the exception of his lost fumble. Um, but. You know, tough to chase that in fantasy. Ben Watson, of course, also in the mix for targets, um, although his usage has been down and Josh Hills has been up. Uh, so just a lot of dudes competing uh, for looks uh, behind the two RBs and Michael Thomas that, um, you know, makes it not easy on us uh, as fantasy football players. Need, the, need them back in the Superdome. I think that Joe Flacco um, is a very, very streamable play uh, this week. The, the Saints have been bad in pass defense. Can't really get after the quarterback. 24th in the NFL in sacks. 29th in quarterback hit rate. Um, very streamable here. I think that I would prefer to play Joe Flacco over Matthew Stafford uh, this week. We talked about Matthew Stafford on the first podcast Alex Collins, 19 touches last week, scored two touchdowns. Um, he barely outsnapped Buck Allen, though, 45% to 37%. Um, Gus Edwards, if you look at the box score, he had a bunch of carries, 10 carries, but he it was really uh, so much of it came in garbage time. Um, I think that Alex Collins is a sort of touchdown-dependent RB2 and Buck Allen is um, like a lower-end flex option in PPR leagues. Uh, in the receiver core, Marshawn Lattimore had a concussion in that Week 5 game against Washington. He should be back. Um, I think that the Saints would stick him on John Brown, but I'm not totally sure. The Ravens... Uh, made it a point, and John Har Harbaugh talked about this after the game, the Ravens made it a point 
to feed Michael Crabtree early in last week's game. He had eight friggin' drops in the first five games, um, and they made sure to target him heavily early, get him involved. He had an awesome game. Um, and so I don't know if that means that, you know, Marshawn Lattimore might be assigned to him. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, like, we can't really worry about that uh, too much. And John Brown is a strong wide receiver to play, despite a couple of slow weeks in a row. Saints have given up the fifth most 20-plus yard completions per game. Um, and then Michael Crabtree is like a, a fringe wide receiver three. Um, Willie Sneed, revenge game for him, uh, but he is scoreless since week one, hasn't reached uh, or he has not gone over 60 yards in a single game so far this year. Just a PPR-specific wide receiver four. Uh, he is catching a lot of balls. Hayden Hurst has just been a rotational tight end. I mean, they've got four tight ends that they use. Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, Max Williams, Nick Boyle. So, you know, not really a fantasy situation that you want to uh, invest in. And we can move on to the next one. Cowboys and Redskins. Love this rivalry. I was on both sides of it. And what the heck happened to the Cowboys against the Jags offensively? Gallup made a nice play, even though he's out of bounds. Dak Prescott running. Zeke, yeah. Beasley. What do you got? Uh, I think that there were uh, a combination of factors, um, but definitely the Cowboys using Dak Prescott proactively as a runner, I think, was um, was was played a big part in it. And, the ja- of course, the Jaguars' inability to get pass rush at all in the game. Uh, but I think that you, them using Dak as a runner uh, was very, very promising, you know, he Dak has been so bad in fantasy and you know arguably in real life um, for the last like 16 games that I, I need to see it again here to, to really believe it. I mean, I think it's good for Zeke Elliott. Um, it may start to bring in some of the pass catchers into play, uh, but in terms of Dak ind- independently, especially against a Redskins defense that is pretty good against the pass. Uh, really has not given up very much fantasy production. But I'm going to need a another game from Dak Prescott uh, to, to trust him as a fantasy starter. Cole Beasley had the monster game. Um, teams have really struggled uh, at slot receiver against Washington, um, where Kendall Fuller, uh, the 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 guy that they got in the Alex Smith trade, uh, he uh, ha- has been really really good at slot res- uh, at slot corner. So again, not really trying to chase the the Cole Beasley Dak Prescott connection. I think that you know it, it's real, but it's just it's not going to be like what happened last week. Um, Cal- uh, Redskins have given up over 4.4 yards per carry uh, to opposing running backs. That bodes well. For Zeke Elliott, uh, Skins have also given up 6.8 running back receptions per game. Uh, I think that Zeke Elliott is the high confidence play uh, in Week Six on. I'm sorry, in Week Seven on Wash on uh, Dallas's side. Uh, on Washington's side, um, they did bounce back as we talked about last week. Kind of expected that for the victory. 
but it was not um, because Alex Smith had like a big game. Uh, and, you know, he has not been a top 12 fantasy quarterback in, five, in uh, uh, all five starts. Uh, and uh, the Cowboys have been really good in pass defense. Only one of six quarterbacks to face them has been a top 12 scorer on the week. Uh, they have a really strong pass rush, and they have uh, solid secondary play. Um, Adrian Peterson is just just a beast. Uh, 17 carries for 97 yards last week. Really not his passing game involvement is not there, so that really lowers his floor. Um, and his matchup is not very strong. Cowboys have been... Um, great in, in run defense. I mean, holding opposing RBs to 3.3 yards per carry with three rushing TDs in six games. Uh, Sean Lee, I think, is coming back uh, this week. He practiced a little bit last week. That uh, bodes well, I think, for uh, him returning the, the, pop, the next week. Um, I don't know about Chris Thompson, but Capri Bibbs got, like, no work last week. So, uh, it's Adrian Peterson or bust in the Redskins backfield, barring Chris Thompson's return. Uh, Jordan Reed, you know the 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 um, the targets were there for him last week, but you know of course Vernon Davis winds up having his best game of the season. Um, sticking with Jordan Reed, though, I mean, you know he's he's really good and he's still working out the kinks, I think, with his quarterback. Um, all the perimeter receivers just don't want any part of them. Uh, to, uh, in Washington, Jamison Crowder didn't even play last week. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Okay, let's get to it's the Rams against the Niners. I got to tell you, it's kind of fun to watch the Niners, man. They're not winning, but they're a lot more entertaining than I thought they'd be without Jimmy G. I agree. I mean, C.J. Beathard has gotten better. You know, that's natural progression that we probably should have expected. We haven't seen him make a ton of plays with his feet, but he can. Um, he has eight career starts now under his belt, T.J. Beathard, averaging over 20 rushing yards per game. He has four rushing TDs in those eight starts. Uh, he is a legitimate streamer against the Rams. Uh, Rams have allowed 27.3 points per game over the last three um, C.J. Beathard, uh, and also the Rams have given up a, a 10-to-1 touchdown inter- interception ratio. Uh, and um, C.J. Beathard has been like a high-floor, high-upside uh, fantasy play in this uh, ball-out-quick offense. The, the, the 49ers have really done a great job of, you know, of course under, my, my, under Kyle Shanahan, of uh, scheming offense to maximize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses, um, and they got Marquise Goodwin rolling last week. Love to see that. I love it when Marquise Goodwin is healthy. Played 93% of the snaps last week. Rams have been just terrible at outside cornerback. Uh, so Marquise Goodwin, I think, uh, the, the C.J. Beathard, Marquise Goodwin's stack uh, is very much uh, in play, even though you know we, we just saw it go off. I think it, it could very, very well go off again. Matt Breida, like toughest little dude in the league, um, just nothing can stop him. 
14 touches last week. You know, he, he comes in with like every like every body part injured. Um, he leads the backfield in snaps, 47%, and touches 14. Um, Raheem Mostert uh, plays, and he gets 12 touches. Alfred Morris just phased out. You know, this is not something that I saw coming. Alfred Morris had 21 touches the week before that. Um, but they, they went with the little speedy dudes against Green Bay, uh, and, you know, it worked. They almost pulled off the win. Uh, the Rams' defense is allowed 4.7 yards per carry to opposing running backs, fourth most receptions allowed to opposing RBs. Uh, Matt Breida, I mean, every week RB2 at this point, I think you could grab Raheem Mostert in deeper leagues, uh, but it could very well just as easily be Alfred Morris uh, replacing him as the number two uh, in the backfield. I was especially surprised about Mostert because he had lost a fumble uh, the week before, um, in the receiver core mentioned Goodwin, you know, Pierre Garcon, just, he's gone 17 straight games without a touchdown. Um, he's been getting a lot of targets, but just not producing, um, Rams have given up the eighth most yards to tight ends. That bodes positively for George Kittle. Uh, he played 93% of the snaps in week six, uh, every week, tight end ones. Only Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey have more receiving yards on the season than George Kittle. Um, on the other side, you know, I think that this is a game where Jared Goff goes off because you know we haven't seen him. He's played well, I think, but we have not seen him produce in the box score. And these things usually come around and catch up uh, to the box score and or um, in real life, uh, the 49ers can't rush the passer, 25th in sacks, 21st in quarterback hit rate. Uh, they've given up a combined 14 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio to opposing quarterbacks. Todd Gurley, I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's the best, most valuable player in all of fantasy football. He's going to crush. Um, no. Cooper Cup this week, MCL sprain. Uh, Robert Woods took over at slot receiver last week. And you look at the slot receivers that have faced the 49ers, um, Golden Tate, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Adam Thielen, all over 100 yards. Uh, so that I think that Robert Woods is like a lock-button uh, fantasy play this week. Um, Richard Sherman has shockingly been great this year coming off the torn Achilles. I would have bet against him or I, I did bet against him, um, but, uh, unsuccessfully on my part, but Brandon cook, but he only plays left cornerback and Brandon cooks runs 80% of his routes away from left cornerbacks. So, uh, that puts Brandon Cooks in very good position. I think that Josh Reynolds, who's going to be a popular DFS play uh, this week, gets stuck on Richard Sherman for much of the game. Doesn't mean that Josh Reynolds is a bad uh, DFS play because uh, he's cheap. And hey, if he scores a touchdown and gains you know 45 yards, he's going to more than pay off his salary. Uh, but I think he's going to end up with the worst matchup. Uh, and we can move on to the next one. Sunday night football, it's the Bengals 
who have been pretty darn good offensively against the Chiefs, who even when they struggled in the first half, Evan, we thought, okay, they, they found a way in the second half. They are electric. Yes, they are, and this game looks like it could be electric because it's got a 58-and-a-half-point total, uh, by far biggest on the slate. Patrick Mahomes has been a top-12 fantasy quarterback in five of six games with three top-five finishes, um, over eight yards per attempt for the sixth time in seven career starts in last week's loss to uh, New England. Uh, Bengals haven't been uh, as good as I thought they would be entering the season defensively. Five of six quarterbacks to face them have been uh, top 15 scorers on the week. You know, you, you know the deal with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know the deal with Tyreek Hill. Now, this guy, he somehow saves all of his big games for road games. He has scored 20 of his 27 career touchdowns on the road. 74%. Um, I, I still think it's just just v- pure variance, and it's not, like, predictive. I, I like to m- mention it every week. Um, but, you know, it's not enough of a reason to, like, get concerned about Tyreek Hill in a high-scoring projected game like this. And the Bengals are super, super banged up in the secondary lost uh, Sean Williams to an injury Last week, um, Sean Williams left with a, uh, a concussion. Darquez Denard, their slot corner, he left with a shoulder injury. William Jackson, their best cornerback, uh, is dealing with a knee injury. Uh, I think all that puts Sammy Watkins uh, also uh, uh, squarely into the mix as a wide receiver three play. He, Whereas Tyreek has relatively struggled in home games, uh, Sammy Watkins has his two best games uh, so far uh, at uh, Arrowhead. Um, I think that Travis Kelsey can bounce back in a really big way. The, the Bengals have given up the um, seventh most yards to opposing tight ends. Um, last week, uh, the Steelers' tight ends had 14 catches against the Bengals. Um, Travis Kelsey, you know, leads all, all NFL tight ends and air yards. Like he's, he, he, I think he, he's going to have a really, really big game, uh, here, uh, in the, um, in the running game for Kansas city, you know, Vontaze Burfitt coming back has not really helped, uh, the Bengals run defense. We saw James Connor go off against them last week. They've given up 4.8 yards per carry 10th, most receiving yards in the NFL to opposing running backs. Um, they're missing Ryan Glasgow, who they who tore his ACL. They're going to be without Nick Vigil, uh, who sprained his MCL. Uh, so Kareem Hunt, a little bit more involved in the passing game over the last three weeks. That is good to see. On the other side, Andy Dalton should be loaded into uh, fantasy lineups. Chiefs are bad on defense, uh, on pace to allow the most yards in league history of loud, the sixth most uh, points per game this year. Joe Mixon did not have his usual workload last week. He got took some big hits, only had 15 touches uh, against the Steelers, but he did score a touchdown for the third time in four games, uh, and he matched his career high with seven targets. Um, Chiefs are bad against the run. We saw Belichick and the Patriots exploit that with 
you know, Sony Michelle over and over and over again last week. Chiefs allowing 5.4 yards per carry to opposing RB, six rushing touchdowns in six games. Uh, Joe Mixon still averaging 21 touches per game. Uh, the Chiefs have also given up the most receiving yards in the NFL to running back CJ Uzoma. Um, ran 41 routes, fourth most among all NFL tight ends last week. Seven targets. Uh, was top eight among tight ends last week. Uh, also number four at his position in air yards uh, last week. Uh, Kansas City has been getting shredded by tight ends. They're super banged up uh, at safety. You know, they don't have Eric Berry. Eric or uh, Daniel Sorensen was placed on injured reserve earlier this year. Eric Murray couldn't play last week. Um, I think that CJ Uzoma is a top 12 fantasy play at the tight end position. Uh, AJ Green, in two games without Tyler Eifert, has uh, double digit targets in both. Uh, and should have had a better game last week, but he dropped two passes. Uh, he still has gone. He's uh, cleared 85 yards and or scored a touchdown in five of six games this year. Uh, Chiefs have given up the most 20-plus yard uh, completions in the NFL right down uh, A.J. Green's uh, wheelhouse. Tyler Boyd uh, at slot receiver. Uh, I mean, he's been excellent. You know, he's, he's been a little bit up and down but he has shown big game potential uh, and uh, scored two touchdowns last week. Would have had a bigger game, but uh, he had a 39-yard catch called back due to a holding penalty on left tackle Cordy Glenn. Um, Tyler Boyd, every week fantasy starter. John Ross might come back this week. Don't want to use him in fantasy. We can move on to the last one. The last one, it is Monday Night Football. Four teams on buys this week, by the way. It's the Giants in disarray against the Falcons, who are pretty darn consistent offensively, and Devontae Freeman was placed on IR. Yeah, and it's like a split backfield still with Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith. Uh, that puts that makes both of those guys RB2 slash flex plays. Um haven't uh, fully broken this game down yet uh, myself because I was waiting on some of this injury news. Um, but, you know, I think that it's real clear, like, who we can use on the Falcon side. Austin Hooper has earned that every week starter treatment. Uh, Matt Ryan, Shirley. Um, you know, Julio, even though he can't score a touchdown, he's on pace for, like, 1,900 receiving yards. Um, Ridley and Sanu both got banged up last week, so want to want to uh, keep out an, an eye on them. Saquon just crushing, uh, and this is one of the best possible matchups for a running back who catches passes. Um, so, uh, and then you know o OBJ and Sterling Shepard and, and Evan Ingram all going to be reliant on uh, the Giants' ability to uh, you know just get completions. Uh, and their quarterback play has been poor, and their offensive line should experience a uh, you know a little bit softer matchup here because the Falcons have been missing um, players you know on defense and they don't really rush the passer well. Um, so you know hopefully the Giants can get some stuff figured out. But I do think that Evan Ingram coming back, he, he immediately uh, reinserted as a fantasy starter and got to keep the faith in OBJ and Sterling Shepard. 
Evan, that was fantastic. You are fantastic. The Madden word, it's very simple. Think. The Madden word is just think. T-H-I-N-K. For the phrase that pays, think. T-H-I-N-K. There you go. And I'm guessing some of you are going to kind of know what it is by now. And I should be getting emails. Ross at RossTucker.com. Ross, I know the phrase that pays. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Email me. Uh, speaking of boom, boom, those of you guys that like to make a little money watching the games in addition to your fantasy team, it's all about betonline.ag. Look, right now is an awesome time to make sports even more exciting than it already is. You get the Major League Baseball playoffs. College football shifting into overdrive. The meat, the heart of the season in the NFL. So fun to head over to betonline.ag and to make your online wagers. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Betonline.ag, the exclusive partner of the Podcast One Sportsnet. You're using promo code PODCAST1. 50% sign-up bonus. Podcast one at betonline.ag. That will do it for this week's Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. Hope you enjoyed both of them. We'll do it all the way through the playoffs because we know a lot of you like to play DFS even in the playoffs when your season-long league's going. And I got to get back on the winning track this week. That's for sure, Evan. If you ever have a specific question for Evan, take advantage of any of our sponsors and then forward it to me. Ross at RossTucker.com and say, here's a question for Evan. Apple Podcast rankings, always huge and much appreciated. And really, even if you want to ask Evan a question, all you have to do is buy something using one of the Amazon banner ads on the homepage over at RossTucker.com. Easy enough. Anyway, I'm stuffed now officially. That was a lot of fantasy football feast. I'm done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.